This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, fellow investors, and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our Monday, August 3rd, 2020 edition of Invest Talk. And you know what that means? We are exactly three months away from election day. Three months. So we are in the month where we're going to have the Democratic. Democrat and Republican conventions, and there's going to be quite the battle, quite the battle, which uh, there's already a battle going on in Washington, and it's in Congress over the next stimulus package, and that is also a battle that will move markets. Whenever you're moving around trillions and fighting over hundreds of billions, right? That's basically what they're doing, right? The one to three trillion. And there are hundreds of billions of dollar increments uh, at play here. And that's a lot of money. I know, throw around these big numbers, but every dollar counts, both towards the debt and towards putting money to work in the economy today. So the market's going to react to that. Market's going, and I'm not just saying the equity markets, right? The dollar is going to react to how much they spend. Interest rates are also likely to vary depending on how much they spend. Break-even inflation rates. Earnings expectations in the market. Precious metal prices. Other commodity prices, depending on what the package contains. All of these will be affected by whatever comes out of Washington. And then you have another soon after, right, when we, they figure out that. Like I said, we kick into high gear for the election season. And so there's, there's a lot of cross currents here. Obviously, the, the economy remains muted. Fits and starts. And that means certain indexes or certain areas of the market are going to do better than others. And then we had a data point today, and it was manufacturing. Manufacturing rebounded for the second straight month we had growth. U.S. ISM manufacturing PMI index. and But construction fell. Down again in the month of June. So, once again, cross currents. And you need to know how to navigate that. And that's why you're here. And that's why we are dedicated to providing you unbiased guidance. Now, here on my on Invest Talk and at my company, KPP Financial, we operate with a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. In practice, we provide what was called parallel investing, meaning we invest right alongside our clients. And we take that same philosophy here for the show. We're analyzing 
the questions that you're giving us the same way we would in a meeting on a portfolio. Now you drive the conversation in this hour. 888 chart is the number. 888 is how you get through and ask your question on today's show. And I urge everyone to call in sooner rather than later. Now, if you want to set up a portfolio review with myself or Steve, please reach out to us via investtalk.com. These are no cost, no obligation portfolio assessments via telephone, Skype, or Jive meetings. And we'd love to help you. Like I said, just head over to investtalk.com or you can meet us at our Irvine office, Irvine, California. It's up to you. Now, my focus point today concerns an assessment from one market strategist. He says, blowout earnings demonstrate that big tech, com- big tech dominates our economy, but he also thinks that 10% of lost jobs may never come back. So we're going to d- dig into his analysis. Also, I just talked about election day that we are three months away and there's a statistic that the market stock market performance has predicted 20 of the last 23 elections and it's about the last the S&P 500 performance over the three months leading up to election day and last 2016 what happened in the three months leading up to the election? Well, the S&P was down 2.3%. And obviously, the Democrats, the incumbents lost. So it's all about the incumbency. Whether the mar- if the market's up, typically, going into the election, usually the incumbent wins and vice versa. So we're going to discuss that as well as uh, the type of industries that will benefit depending on Trump wins versus Biden. In addition... Is the Fed guaranteeing negative real yields? After a decade of ZERP, zero interest rate policy, are we now in not necessarily NERP, which is negative interest rate policy? It's, it'd be NERP, negative real interest rate policy. So this is the ultimate financial repression. And we're going to discuss the strategies that the Fed is likely to, to deploy to keep real rates low and what areas of the market that will benefit. And then lastly, the dollar. The dollar has been weak. Why? And will it continue over both the short and long term? So we're going to discuss that as well. So those things are on my docket for today. But ultimately, I want to know what is on your mind. 888 chart 888 Tell you get through and ask your question on today's show. Let's look at the markets today. NYSE was up uh, about a little over half a percent. NASDAQ certainly was the leader once again. That was up about a percent and a half. And the S&P was... Up 23 points, about two-thirds of 1%. Market kind of chopped sideways for most of the day. You know, we we opened higher and really just had kind of a boring day. The volume really wasn't that high. Once again, I still think we're in a market that is waiting on what is happening 
out of Washington. It's so crucial to the economy and earnings overall. And so that's why uh, last week we were in a holding pattern broadly for most of the major indexes. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and August has begun. We're forging ahead. And as serious investors, we may not be fearless. We should not be fearless. But we have to focus on managing our fear and greed. And we understand the necessity of managing risk by balancing our portfolios. So that's what we're trying to do, help you do each and every day on Invest Talk. And your participation is an important part of the mix. So we're taking your calls live at 888-99-CHART. It's an Invest Talk Monday. Justin Klein is here taking your questions live. How is your portfolio doing? Are you prepared for continuing volatility? You've got questions. Call Invest Talk. 888-99-CHART. Let's go to Corey in Ohio looking at CVS. Hey, Justin. Thanks. Uh, currently own it with a dollar cost average at about uh, $63. Uh, I like it because of the, you know, it's a, it's a big, large cap healthcare company that can pay out a dividend. And I think it's, it's a real value stock at the moment. But uh, I'm just reading some information. I, I just want to get your opinion on it. Uh, I, I see like the MACD is bearish, um, but I want to get your general thoughts on the company. And then the second thing I want to ask you is about understanding straddle prices and, and what, uh, I guess, how to interpret them. Okay. Uh, well, let's start with CVS here. And you're right near turn. The MACD looks relatively weak. Uh, I like to go kind of farther out into the, the weekly chart. And we have made a higher low uh, in earlier this year, which I, I like that. Although you had a big reversal uh, the week of June 8th, and we've been kind of consolidating that, which would be you know bearish consolidation overall. Now, CVS is still an $83 billion market cap company. And they're dealing with the headwinds of, of Amazon as well as shutdowns, you know, lower economic activity, and a lot of debt. Total long-term debt is $71 billion. And that's the real issue, I think, here is that, that, that overhang of the debt. And I know they've made some acquisitions. They're trying to transform their business from just you know, your normal drugstore to more of a holistic uh, healthcare company, right? And that comes with some risks in, a, in an environment where healthcare, the healthcare system here in the U.S. is, is likely going to continue to evolve from a, a regulatory standpoint. And how much does that help them or, or hurt them is the big question. Now, they yield about 3%. Their dividend yields looks fine, uh, but based on their cash flow and their, and their, and their payout ratio, but I think they're eventually going to need to start paying down that debt. And that's why I think their, their growth rate of that dividend is going to be relatively muted. Now, their enterprise value is about eight. So it is relatively cheap. It's growing its revenue. Uh, how, how do you see what type of research have you done into CVS and their ability to grow the healthcare side of their business? 
Well, to your point, I mean, you look and see what happens to Walgreens and just how mm-hmm. badly positioned they are in the market. And I think that CVS is trying to become more, I would say, they're using technology in a different way to transform their business, like you had mentioned. So I'm, I'm still optimistic. I mean, I, I like it because I feel like it's really undervalued. Uh, I see it, you know, probably another 20 or 30% higher than where it's at. And I, I'm confident, like you, had, you say all the time, it's about dividend uh, assurance, right? I know they're going to pay the dividend. Mm-hmm. Uh, although there is long-term debt, I mean, I, I think that CVS isn't going to go away. Uh, and I don't think that Amazon in the, in the near term is, is ready to take over. I mean, what are your thoughts? I think they still they definitely have a lot of threat from from Amazon, but I also think there's a lot of regulatory regulatory moves down down the line that is going to limit the competition from Amazon. Uh, if you listen to the hearing, there was a lot of scrutiny on Amazon taking data from their third party resellers and utilizing that to produce their own products and basically monopolizing that space and hurting their competition in that way. And so I could easily see there being regulation around not allowing Amazon to do that, to sell their own products when they have other people or other companies selling similar products on their site. And I think that would actually be beneficial for for CVS. So Overall, I, I kind of like it. My biggest worry is that debt level uh, and that near-term price uh, pattern. It, it looks fairly weak. So I would hold off on adding more at this time. And But I, I think long-term, I think you'll be fine because I agree that they have some strengths. They have the cash flow to, to work through that debt over time. And I think from a, reg, from a regulatory standpoint, there might be some tailwinds for CVS uh, on that retail side. So overall, I like it, um, but I do worry a little bit about that debt. Thanks for the call. This is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. And in these uncertain times, I'm sure it's natural to be a little apprehensive about the market, the risk in your portfolio. And so my advice is to take our free risk questionnaire over at investtalk.com. Steve and I can use the results to develop a strategy that works best for you and your portfolio. Let's look for the risk lies link over at investtalk.com. And now we're taking your questions live at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, the radio program and podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom. You may be a regular listener. You may even have called a few times. But if you've never called, what are you waiting for? The phone lines are open, and Steve and Justin would love to hear your questions right now. Call 888-99-CHART. Eight 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 ninety nine chart eight eight nine nine two four two seven eight. Now my focus point today concerns an assessment from one market strategist. He says that blowout earnings demonstrate that big tech dominates our economy, but he also thinks that ten percent of lost jobs may never come back. And while we certainly had a few blowout earnings, Apple uh, and Facebook had good earnings, Google, Amazon, Netflix, not so much. 
At least they didn't pop nearly as much as the first two. But at the end of the day, their product and products and services still can be used at home for the most part. And there's less competition because people are spending, aren't able to go out and shop uh, in real world stores or go on vacation. So there's more disposable income for other things that they can acquire. And so these companies are clearly doing very well, but others that require physical distancing, maybe wearing a mask, becomes a lot harder. We're talking about U.S. hospitality, retail, transportation, which accounts for about 12% of economic activity. Now, if physical distancing and masks are required to operate, for the most part, they're going to operate at about two-thirds capacity. And for airlines, it's far, far lower. Right now, we're still somewhere around 70%. Sorry, 70% down from the all-time highs. I think, I think 74.2 was the last number I saw for TSA volume year over year. So let's assume optimistically that you can operate, these businesses can operate at two-thirds capacity. Well, he says that, well, 4% of economic activity will be lost. On top of that, these are very labor-intensive sectors, service sectors for the most part. And they employ 25% of all workers. So at two-thirds capacity, that's 8% of all jobs. And then he rounds up to 10%, which, you know, I kind of agree. Because like I said, certain areas of leisure hospitality are going to do much worse than stay at two-thirds capacity. So, unfortunately, those are areas that I know a lot of newbie investors are investing in, but it's going to be a struggle for some time. And that's why you are seeing a lot of stimulus coming out of Washington to try to support those 25% of all workers that work in those industries. Let's go to one of our voicemail questions at 888-99-CHART. Hi, this is Mark calling from Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, my question for the show is, I've recently come across uh, lazy portfolios, and I wanted to get your opinion on these. There's multiple uh, lazy ETF, lazy mutual fund portfolios, and just wanted to get your thoughts on it. Thanks a lot. I love the name. Uh, I don't know exactly. I, I haven't heard of them. Okay, so this is how they explain it, at least their website. A lazy portfolio is a collection of investments that require very little maintenance. It's the typical passive investment strategy for long-term investors with time horizons of 10 years or more. Okay. So they're just indexing. Nothing interesting about this. Um, yeah, I don't know why this would be interesting to anybody. Uh, it's just... Indexing, and, and this goes back to, this is, this is the problem with a lot of investors, is technology has made a life very easy. And we have turned 
our decision making over to algorithms. And we trust them to some degree. Right? Google is an algorithm. You trust that they're going to give you good search results. Want to make it easy on you to make a decision. Same with Amazon. Go to Amazon. It's to your door in a day or two. It's easy. And so many people try to make investing that easy. And not to say it's not doable. It just takes a lot more work to do it very well than a lot of other things because of the complexities. And you have things like lazy portfolio and you have the, the, the robo apps and things like that. It's, they're designed to take all the decision-making out and make it super easy on you. But that just creates a cycle where everybody's crowding into the same trade. And this is why, say, when, when that finally reverses, it's going to be a big wake-up call for all those people that want to take the lazy way out. Now, on the next Invest Talk, the story. Microsoft has confirmed that it is in talks to buy TikTok in the U.S. That story tomorrow. But for now, I'm Justin Klein, and I'm ready to take your questions live at 888-99-CHART. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture? I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in, patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally. First with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value. So your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com slash today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. 
As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. You are listening to Invest Talk. We've seen the markets go up, then down, sideways, and around. It's called volatility. And if you're a serious investor, you'll have finance and investment questions for Justin Klein. He's here now taking your calls live. Invest Talk, 888 99 Chart. Let's go to Jay in New York. He wants to talk about how to read the market. Hey there, yeah. So a question. So when I watch Bloomberg or MSNBC, you know, I, I don't like MSNBC, but when I watch Bloomberg or these market shows during the day, I've been trading technically on, on, on technical indicators for several years now. It's, it's interesting to me because it's, it's clear the market moves based on patterns and support resistance and cycle, cycle readings, but the uh, news stations seem to just attribute movements in the market to headlines and just seem to frame a headline to fit the current market conditions. I'm curious yep. if you see that and how you deal with that when you watch these shows. Uh, I definitely agree with that. There's uh, more often than not, they're making up a narrative to explain some sort of market move. And it's a narrative based on trying to get people interested in the story, right? They're building a story of why the market's moving. Uh, so yes, definitely agree with that. Two, I don't watch the shows. <laughs> I, I don't, you know, I, I don't watch much TV at all when they're talking about, uh, you know, really any cable news, uh, cable, a- anything. Um, you know, I think I really watch on, on TV is sports sometimes. Um, so I don't have to deal with it. And I suggest most people should turn off that because it creates more problems and puts narratives in your mind that, like you said, oftentimes are not true. And so if you can read the market yourself, if you can read articles, you can look at technicals like you talked about, look at different sectors, asset classes, etc. You can build your own narrative of what's happening. If you understand how asset classes move and uh, mix with each other. So that's my advice is turn them off. Thanks for the call, Jay. Now let's keep things moving. It's time a voice bank question from San Dimas. 
Hi, Stephen Justin. This is Kyle from San Dimas. I wanted to know if right now is a good time to buy Valero, B-L-O. I'm interested in either buying the stock or buying a call on the stock. So if you can get back to me, that'd be great. Thanks. All right, looking at Valero Corp. And this is one of the largest refiners in the world, about a $22 billion market cap. And clearly they're struggling, right? They're refining and marketing fuels. And fuel demand is down on both uh, driving as well as flying. And so revenues were down 64% last quarter. Earnings down, earnings were negative $1.25. They're expected to lose $1.80 this year, make $3.62 next year. It's a $54 stock. And I'm going to say... I would continue to be patient on Valero. Uh, now, long term, I like it. I think it will do fine. But technically, it's very weak. It's in a challenging environment. And when you're in a challenging environment, I want to see capitulation. I want to see rock bottom valuations compared to longer term metrics. And I'm not quite seeing that yet. And technically, like I said, it remains in a bearish pattern, making lower highs, lower lows. And until this gets a bare minimum to the lows in March, which were in the, around 32, now we're at 54, that's probably where I would start to think about picking up Valero. But it would need to get down to those levels. Now, long-term, their profitability usually pretty solid return equity typically hangs around the 15 area which is which is good not amazing but good and their balance sheet is pretty solid they're still producing positive cash flow so i like what you're looking at but it needs to come down a little bit more i know it's come down from a high of 125 dollars a share back in 2018 now we're at 50 but i think around that 30 the 35 level is where I would love to pick up Valero. So I like that it's on your watch list, but be patient, especially when the chart looks so bearish. 8899 chart, 8899 We have about 18 minutes left in the show. So if you're going to call, you want to do it right now. Now, like I said at the top of the show, we are three months away from the election. And typically, the performance of the S&P will indicate who wins the election? The market's up or down going into it. Now, certainly these other factors, and it's not 100%, it's only 20 out of the last 23, but it could be an indicator. Now, both Trump and Biden have plotted out their economic priorities. Kind of know, after three and a half plus years of Trump, what his economic priorities are. Right? He wants to revive manufacturing, oil, coal. And he's good for the financial sector, aerospace. These are areas that his policies typically support. Biden, on the other hand, bullish for electric vehicles, the industrial sector, and the material sector. Those are areas that should do well if Biden wins. And the market looks forward, remember. So the market starts to price that in beforehand. 
And so if you build a portfolio of the sectors that do well, like I said, fintech, aerospace and defense, financial sector, energy sector, high yield corporate bonds, right? Because Trump is strongly tied to the the corporate space and he wants corporations to succeed. So he's more likely to say bail out a corporation that may be close to bankruptcy, like a Boeing. Biden, next generation connectivity like 5G, electric vehicles, industrials, materials, and muni bonds, right? Likely to bail out municipalities versus corporations. So which ones have done better? Well, if you take a portfolio of each, you can see that they kind of mirror the polling. So if Trump does better, those other sectors do better and vice versa. So it's pretty interesting to watch what that's looking like. And once again, we're three months away and it's might not be too early to start positioning based on who you might think is going to win the election. Let's go to Okezi in Indiana, looking at Intel. I'm a big fan of the show, long-time listener. Appreciate it. I'm looking to add Intel to my portfolio, mm-hmm. Intel Corporation, mm-hmm. INTC. Mm-hmm. I think they slumped to um, about their one-year low last week on news of a delay of one of their chips. And I was wondering yep. if their current price is a good buy point to get into it. Thank you. Yeah, I do. Th- I do think it is. I think it's cheap uh, down here. I think the demise, the, the that's kind of why they, they fell. Right, is that they're expecting to, that other companies are going to maybe jump them in innovation, and they're worried about uh, what that means for Intel's future, and that's why it fell. But I think Intel still remains one of the leaders and this is just a bump in the road if you look at the history of intel they tend to pull ahead when challenged by other incumbents within the industry so uh there's a lot of support down here and it's very very cheap so uh, i'm a fan of intel thanks all right thank you very much justin no problem you're listening to invest talk i'm justin klein i encourage you to explore finance and investment information we have posted over on our website, investtalk.com. Obviously, the most valuable resources is our library of free podcast downloads. There's a 100 to choose from. And I'm sure you'll learn a little bit from all of them. You can also see our investment programs as well and learn about the various investment strategies that we offer through KPP Financial. You can start exploring at investtalk.com. And when you're ready, can set up a time to speak with myself or Steve at our Irvine, California offices or virtually via telephone, Skype, or Jive meetings. And now I'm ready to take your questions live at 888 chart You are listening to Invest Talk. We have good news. Steve and Justin have recorded an all-new Rapid Fire Hour. It's a free podcast download, and you'll hear answers to 30 caller questions. You still get unbiased answers, but the show moves along at a faster pace. You can find it now for free at investtalk.com, iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. 
Search Invest Talk June Bonus Show. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your calls. The Anytime Listener line is open, 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve and Justin, this is Colin in Nebraska. Hey, I'm calling in to ask about the grocery sector in general. I have two specific stocks I'm comparing, Sprouts Farms and Kroger. They have sort of done okay during the COVID shutdown. Obviously, they sell something that you can't choose to not buy. However, a lot of their performance seems to be supported by panic buying, especially early on. There's been some rumblings of food shortages if panic happens again. Is this a space that you would want to be in? And if so, which of these two would you choose? Uh, I love the show. Thank you very much. Bye. Well, I'll tell you this. We own both of them for some managed, many of our managed accounts. So we like both Sprouts and Kroger and just the grocery space in general. And I agree with you that early on there was some panic buying, but that's not at all what is has moved the needle for their their revenues and their profits sprouts revenues last quarter up 16 percent earnings up 97 percent and that was starting in april that that quarter so that was kind of post any panic buying and what you're actually seeing is is a couple things first a lot of restaurants either are shut down permanently or temporarily or they can't handle the capacity so people still need to eat even if th- there's no restaurant c- capacity, it means that people still need to eat food and more people are eating food either by choice because they don't want to go out to eat or it's just harder to get a reservation or you know find find the places that, that are open. So that is one big factor, just helping grocers in general. Number two is people eating healthier, right? more worried about their their health. Therefore, they want to cook at home. They want to buy organic, fresher produce, which Sprouts is actually uh, known for as their produce section. And they've had strong growth in that as well. So Sprouts, like I said, revenue up 16%, earnings up 97% last, co- last quarter. Kroger, Earnings up 12, or revenue up 12, excuse me, earnings up 69%. This is year over year. And what's happening too is margin expansion. So they're not having to run as many specials. They're able to increase their costs or keep, uh, you know, from having to coax people to get into the store with specials. So people are going naturally. Now, Kroger is much bigger, $27 billion market cap, whereas Sprouts is $3 billion. So about 10 times the size. Sprouts has more growth potential, far fewer stores, 340 stores versus 2,700 for Kroger. But Sprouts is more on the organic side. Kroger is more of your traditional grocery store. Kroger, you're going to get a nice 2.1% dividend. Sprouts, there's no dividend. So Sprouts is going to be higher risk. Kroger's going to be lower risk. We like both. It's up to you. How much risk do you want to take? How you want to play it? Do you want to buy, play it with a traditional grocer and just broad exposure to the United States? Or something like Sprouts that's more regional, smaller, but maybe has more potential to grow. And they are. They are growing uh, over time. So like both, but you have to decide which one's best for you. 
888-99 chart, 888-992-4278 is how you get through and ask your question on today's show. Let's touch on yields, real yields. And Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell has likely heard it all about negative U.S. real yields. And this is bad for pension funds, life insurers, causes equity valuations to spiral out of control to the upside, encourages a stampede into gold and out of the dollar, and it pushes corporations to borrow a ton of money at very low yields. And that's basically what's happened. 10-year yields have been stuck right around 0.6%, and that's probably not going to change too much, at least in the near term, with the Fed purchasing $80 billion of treasuries each month, talking about yield curve control, and they're going to pin yields low. But what's happened is that inflation expectations are reaching the highest level since February. They're at 1.5%, and negative yields today breach the negative 1% level. And there's growing consensus at the Federal Reserve that they will need to keep rates low and push inflation well above 2%. Fed President Patrick Harker said, I'm supportive of the idea of letting inflation get above 2% before we take any action with respect to Fed funds rates. So they're likely to institute yield curve control, purchase longer dated maturities of securities, and allow inflation to reach and overshoot 2%. And that is all going to mean negative real yields, weaker dollar, stronger gold prices. This is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. And we have one goal here to help you achieve your own particular version of financial freedom. We're going into our last break. So give us a call at 888 chart On the next Invest Talk, Microsoft is reported to be in talks to purchase TikTok for the U.S. And Microsoft says it will fortify security and privacy. But what about TikTok spyware concerns? That story tomorrow. Now, Justin Klein is here. He'll provide unbiased answers, but you've got to call with your questions. Invest Talk, 888 99 Chart. Let's go to Frank in San Rafael looking at Capital Southwest Corporation. You after that juicy 12% yield? Yeah, I like that. Okay. I, I was just wondering if you have an entry point for that. Um, I don't because I don't like their their business. Uh, they've leveraged up their balance sheet. Basically, they help with uh, leverage buyouts and they lend to middle market companies a lot that uh, are going to struggle in this environment. And, and certainly the PPP loans will or, or gifts, uh, I, li- I like to call them, uh, are going to help at least in the near term. And that's kind of probably what's kept the, the stock up. But if the economy st- struggles, then companies with a lot of debt on their balance sheet are going to struggle as well. And so the relative weakness of this is is telling. You're talking about a relative strength of 22. So I don't like the technical trends. I don't like that they do. I think you're chasing yield. I don't like the risk versus reward on it. So I don't have an entry on it. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Kyle in Denver looking at AMD. Yeah, hello. Um, I am looking at AMD, and I know I totally missed a good buy-in point a few weeks ago, but I wanted to get your opinion on if I should buy in now. Do you think it's going to keep increasing? 
and what your thoughts are on AMD as a long-term investment. Well, from a long-term perspective, you have to make the decision on whether you think AMD is really surpassing Intel when it comes to technology. And that's the recent bump here is right. Intel had that delay in their next generation chips and that sunk Intel and boosted AMD. If you agree with that sense consensus, then AMD will probably consolidate here and, and move higher. Now it's very expensive in relation to uh, its true value. I have a fair value somewhere in the low thirties. It's now at $77 a share. Right at the close today, seventy-seven sixty-seven. So, from a valuation standpoint, it's very expensive. Technically, it's very overbought; needs to consolidate. But it's in an uptrend, so uh, consolidation would just simply mean a continuation of that uptrend, most likely. So, to me, it's just a momentum play. That's really all it is. There's no val. There's not a value here, uh, and you would really have to be very bullish on their technology overtaking Intel. I'm not one of those, but you may be. Thanks for the call, Kyle. Let's go to Gary in New Jersey. He wants to talk about CVS after our caller earlier. Oh, sorry. I didn't hear about the caller earlier. but um, So I had two questions regarding it, and maybe you know, you could provide your input. Uh, one sure. being kind of like the, uh, the future outlook with regards to kind of Amazon and maybe potential disruptor in the industry with, with their, um, their pill pack acquisition earlier as well as kind of Trump's orders regarding drug prices and kind of how it affects PBMs since the CVS care mark is a PBM. Mm-hmm. And the second question, if you know, possible, is more fundamentally, just looking at the balance sheet, you know, looking cash about $8 billion for 2019, about $19 billion in receivables versus $53 billion in current liabilities. And, of course, long-term debt is, is I think, about like in the $80 billion, I think, with the Aetna acquisition. So... Yeah, I, they do have a lot of debt. Their balance sheet is, is certainly stretched, and they need to start to work that down over time. Hopefully, uh, they do. Uh, when it comes to regulatory re- regulation, like I said earlier on the show, was I think there could be some positive regulation with more antitrust scrutiny on Amazon, and that would help retailers in general, and certainly CVS has the bulk of their revenue coming from the retail side still. Although, like you said, they're, they're, diversi- they're diversifying. And lowering drug prices will definitely hurt them, right? Because they're, they're in a margin on that. Uh, but it will likely be minimal. If you look at the potential impact of what Trump announced, it's, it's, it's unlikely to be too dramatic, uh, on the industry as a whole, and including that CVS, right? Because they're distributing all types of uh, drugs. So I think I think there, there's cross currents from a regulatory standpoint. Because and... of the nature of the interact. Oh, I guess that's it. That was my uh, that was my producer telling me I got to go. Yeah. Thanks for the call, Gary. Hopefully, uh, go back and listen to my call earlier with CBS. Uh, it'll be informative. Thanks for the call. I'm Justin Klein. This completes another Invest Talk program. We'll return on Thursday. CPZ will host the program tomorrow. In the meantime, please remember to tell your friends and family members about all of the 100 archived Invest Talk podcasts that are free to download over at investtalk.com or via iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and any other podcast app out there. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk.
Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART.